Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai. And this is the week before Christmas. I can't even believe it. I am so ready for Christmas. I'm super excited. Um, I don't know about you guys. Maybe some of you celebrate Christmas, some of you don't. Um, but for our family, we that is um, like a major, major big holiday for us. Um, obviously, as Christians, it is a you know celebration of Jesus's birth. And so that is a super big deal, um, obviously. <laughs> and um, it's also just a huge family time, um, you know, that we get to get together with family and friends. And there's so many different um, holiday parties going on. Um, my husband, you know, for my husband's office and, and my work and um, and friends parties and all these fun things that we get to do um, throughout the season. And so the, we've got, man, we literally have something every single night this week, <laughs> like um, some kind of Christmas party or gathering. Uh, we are hosting a Christmas dinner and gathering at our cabin for, uh, for our um, for my husband's real estate team, we're going to have uh, all of them out and then I'm going to make dinner and serve them an amazing keto meal. And they are not all keto, but they are going to love it, I am sure. And they're going to see how amazing it is to be keto. <laughs> so I'm going to do that on Thursday night. So it is just, um, man, it's like crunch time around here though. It's crazy. My kids uh, have school until Thursday is the last day and then they are off for winter break. And we have um, Christmas celebrations uh, all weekend, and then we are actually hosting Christmas Eve and Christmas Day at our house. Well, actually, we're doing it at the cabin, um, at our Branch Hill cabin, um, but we are going to spend the night there for a few days in a row and have um, family out and do lots of dinners and celebrations there and opening gifts, and it's just going to be so much fun. And then we are uh, out of town. Uh, shortly after that, we are heading out, we're taking the kids to Disney World and uh, then jumping on a cruise ship. And we will be on a cruise for seven days in the Caribbean. So it's going to be awesome. And <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. But it also just adds one more layer of a little bit of craziness because I'm realizing that while I'm trying to get all the gifts wrapped and make sure that I have everything uh, correct in the schedule, and which I totally do not, and I completely messed up up one of my kids Christmas parties was this morning actually it wasn't the Christmas party they were doing a like a gingerbread cookie decorating thing but it's not the same time as the Christmas party which is going to be on Wednesday and super confusing and I got super confused somehow so I volunteered for both things and got the dates and the times all mixed up so um, missed the gingerbread decorating this morning <laughs> at their classroom which I'm like oh my goodness um, but that I guess I will be making that up on Wednesday when I will be going to the classroom holiday party <laughs> Wednesday afternoon so 
yeah, I'm not doing too great on the schedule. But anyway, trying to keep all that straight and then realizing that I still need to pack for all of us. And for those moms out there listening, you know that about the only person that that you don't pack for is your husband. And let's be real. I mean, most of the time I'm kind of really packing for him too because he doesn't put anything in his suitcase that he's not asking me if that, does this go together? Does this look good together? Does this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Just pack your clothes. <laughs> um, but when you're doing a cruise, it's a little bit more complicated because you have, um, especially a seven day cruise, because you've got a couple of formal dinners that will happen during the cruise. And then you're trying to decide like what excursions are you going to do at these different ports of call when you're um, you know, when you're, when you get off the cruise ship and you're on these different islands, like what, what excursions are you going to do and what do you need to bring to where to those excursions or, you know, all that type of thing. So it does get a little bit complicated. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to figure all of that out and, and then just making sure that, um, you know, everything on the home front is all taken care of. And, you know, we have a farm full of animals, um, 17 animals to be exact. <laughs> so we uh, need to make sure that that's all taken care of. All the businesses are running well while we're gone, you know, all of that fun stuff. So um, anyway, I know you guys don't want to hear about all that craziness, but it is craziness. So hopefully you guys are all prepared and ready for um, your holiday celebrations and or you've already had holiday ce- your holiday celebrations. And um, But if you are looking forward to Christmas next week like we are, I hope that you have a wonderful time with your friends and family. And uh, please make note that I will be absent from the podcast for the next two weeks. Um, um, we will not pick up another um, another one until, let's see, this is December 18th. So um, obviously next week is Christmas Day. That's the 25th. And then the following is New Year's Day, January 1st. And then the following week is January 8th. So we will have the next Keto Lifestyle Podcast, it will be episode 70, will be out on January 8th. So I will be absent for the next two weeks. So enjoy um, your time with friends and family. Hopefully you guys have lots of fun things planned for the holidays. And while we're speaking of the holidays real quick, I just did want to touch on a little something. And, And we talk about this a little bit in the interview that I do with my guests today. Um, But I just want to, I I just feel like this needs to be said and maybe there's somebody out there that just needs to hear this. If you are trying to embark on this keto journey, um, this keto lifestyle, and I would assume that you are if you're listening to this podcast, uh, or perhaps you are ketogenic and that's your lifestyle and that's how you've been eating, but maybe the holidays really stress you out. Maybe it stresses you out because you're thinking, um, you know, how am I going to avoid all of the sweets and the treats and what am I going to do at Christmas dinner or these different holiday celebrations when, you know, I'm confronted with all of these foods to eat and things that don't fit my keto diet or don't fit my macros. So I have two trains of thought uh, for you that I would like to share with you. And number one is if you, you know, you know yourself better than anybody does. So if going to holiday events and holiday dinners and things are, uh, it's easy for you to be derailed when you go to those things, then I would just encourage you to really talk to yourself about what your plan is before you even get to those events. 
um, not to stress yourself out, not to beat yourself up, not to um, feel like, you know, anything's wrong. Just just to talk to yourself, make a game plan about how you're going to handle it when you get there. So what I mean by that is, let's say that you're going to an office party and you know that the food that they're going to serve is not going to be that great and um, and, and there's going to be a lot of treats and things that you're not going to want to indulge in. So two different options here or two different things that you can do is number one, eat a great ketogenic full fat meal before you leave. Make sure that you have really given your body the nutrients that it needs, lots of good satiating fat. And so that when you get to the party, you're not ravishingly hungry, you know, and you're not like making poor choices because your body is screaming at you to eat. So number one, do that. Number two, um, you know, go go to the party with already a plan in mind. If you if you know that if you try to go toward the dessert table, that that is you will not be able to resist. Then when you arrive at the party, look for where the dessert table is, search it out, find it, and then position yourself so that you are facing your back to the dessert table. So the entire night as you are mingling and walking around and talking with other people and and, and enjoying what this party is meant to be, it's not about the food. It's about the relationships and the and the and the fun and the talking and the building these relationships with people and and building into each other. Position yourself the entire night purposefully. You have to be purposeful about this. It can't, you can't go into these things just like, well, I don't know what happened. It just, it just happened. I just migrated over to the table and everybody else was eating it. So I ate it. You have to be purposeful to be successful. So get into that room, make sure that the whole night you are purposefully turning your back to that table. You don't need to be watching all of the people that are going to that dessert table because 90% of the people in that room will go to that dessert table. And maybe they can do it. Maybe they uh, eat really, really great 90% of the time or 80% of the time, but they're allowing themselves to have that indulgence. And that is fine. But if you've made the decision that you are not going to do that, don't position yourself where you're watching everybody else do it because then the the self-doubt, the the thoughts start creeping in like, well, gosh, everybody is eating that. Well, he's eating that. Well, she's eating that. Well, that's not fair. I'm the only one here that's not eating that. Number one, that's not true. That's a total lie. There are always multiple people at those parties that do not indulge in that. But if you're watching all of the people that do, it feels like you're the only one that's not getting those things. So position yourself so that you're not even looking at that. Like out of sight, out of mind, right? Like don't even think about it. Don't look at it. And make sure you fill your plate up when you get there with things that you can snack on that are healthy. Most of parties have a vegetable tray. Most parties are going to have a cheese tray, um, those types of things. Just fill your plate up with that stuff and tell yourself when you get that food on your plate, how excited you are to have this food. When you're eating it, tell yourself this is the best red pepper I've ever had. This is the most amazing, crunchy piece of broccoli I've ever eaten. Oh my goodness, this cheese is fantastic. Literally make a point to be purposeful about how good the things that you're indulging in are. 
and 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 think of it that way like you are you get to eat this amazing food and it is just nourishing your body and making you feel so good and focus on that so it's it's about really telling yourself what you want to think and how you want to feel and being very purposeful about what you do so that would be the first plan of action that you can have if you know that it is going to trip you up if you go for that dessert table. The second train of thought that I have on this is if you um, know that, and this is what we talk about today in my interview a little bit with my guest today, who is Tom Naughton. One of the things that we talk about, and he is so good at bringing up in this film that we're going to talk about today, the Fathead for Kids film, is that it is you it is okay you do not need to be perfect all the time you it is it's perfectly good to be good like just to be good so if you are going through these holidays and you're thinking i have to be perfect i can't i can't eat that cookie that cookie's not keto that cookie's got gluten that cookie's you know whatever it is just let yourself off the hook a little bit. If you feel like you can, now if you're going to, if if you indulging in a treat means that that one treat is going to turn into two treats to six treats to 20 treats to you are no longer going to be keto at the first of the year, then absolutely don't indulge in that treat. Then you need to go back, rewind, listen to the first option I gave you, which is be purposeful and avoid those things. But if you know that you can have, if there is, if your mom or your grandma or you make some amazing holiday dessert, that is one time a year you get it. Like I, for one, will be indulging in sugar cookies. My family has a recipe that my mom has been making my whole life. We have made Christmas cookies almost every year my entire life at Christmas. We cut out the cookies. We make the icing. We decorate the cookies. It is a tradition that I've done with my kids for the last 17 years. And there is no way that I am not going to have that Christmas cookie. It is just part of it's just part of who I am I mean it is what we do on Christmas it's just is what it is and I will be enjoying that Christmas cookie and I will probably enjoy several of those Christmas cookies but does that mean that I'm just gonna be like you know what I had this Christmas cookie I am just throwing it all out the door I will get back to keto in January absolutely not I eat the way I eat I am good most of the time I eat well most of the time and I am going to indulge in that cookie. But I also know that if I eat those cookies over the next week, two weeks, that it is not going to throw me, you know, into some tizzy where I'm going to be shoveling, you know, handfuls of fudge and candy in my mouth. I know that that is worth it to me to have those cookies. That is what I will be indulging in. And I probably will not have any other treats because there's really nothing that is worth it to me. Um, there's, there's, you know, for Thanksgiving, it is pumpkin pie. Like I have to have a piece of pumpkin pie. That is, you know, that's worth it to me. That's what I'm going to have for Christmas. It happens to be these Christmas cookies for you. There might be something that is worth it. I don't, you know, I probably wouldn't go after like 
five things, you know, I wouldn't be like, well, there's these five things that I really like. <laughs> I'd probably just pick one or two things that are really, really uh, worth it to me to have. And then I'm like, you know what? I know I'm probably not going to feel great after I have this, but I just really want to have it. And that's fine. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit with you and just just let you know that it does not mean you're failing. It does not mean that that you can no longer be keto. It doesn't mean that you need to throw your keto diet and lifestyle, you know, over the bridge until January, um, you know, and then you're going to start over. It's none of that. You know, please don't do that. Um, just know that that it is okay if that is the choice that you make to have something like that. This has got to be a lifestyle. And if you are so wrapped up in never allowing yourself to have any sugar or never allowing yourself to go over 20 grams of carbs or whatever your stop is forever, you're, you're never going to stick with it. No one is ever going to be perfect forever. It's not going to happen. So let yourself off the hook, give yourself a little bit of grace. And I just wanted to put that in there and, you know, just let you know, it's okay. And you're not alone. There's plenty of us out there. Trust me, there's plenty of us out there that, that eat perfectly good most of the time and are really focused on nutrition and our health and wellness. And we're still going to indulge in a treat or two over the holidays. It's fine. It does not make you less keto or less of a good person or less into this lifestyle. What it makes you is human, okay? So that's all I wanna say about that. <laughs> okay, and one more thing I want to touch on is Keto at the Cabin weekend. This is the last opportunity that I have to remind you about early bird registration uh, through the podcast um, because I will not have another podcast episode released before that runs out. So early bird registration goes only through December 20th. If you re if I receive your registration or payment after December 20th, it will have to go in at the regular rate. It is $150 off of any level registration if you get your registration and money in before December 20th. So if you are listening to this podcast when it releases, then you have, let's see, this would be December the 18th, then you have less than two days to get it in. It has to be received before the end of the day on December 20th to get the early bird registration. Trust me when I tell you, you are going to want to be there. We have some really, really awesome guests that are coming that are surprise guests that I am not announcing until after the first of the year. And if you have not already made up your mind that you want 2019 to be your best wellness, health, nutrition, lifestyle, everything year, and you decide to make that decision after the first of the year, and it's part of your New Year's resolution, it'll be too late to get early bird registration. We will still gladly accept your registration and would love to have you, provided there's still spots left. We are getting low on spots. Um, I believe one I think the king bedroom spots might already be sold out. Um, there's a few left in the bunk area, and we may be one or two um, reg regular registrations left. I'm not sure. Um, I have to check that list. But 
just um, if you have interest, make sure you reach out to me right away and uh, get the registration in. You have the option of paying through Venmo or PayPal. So if you don't want to take the chance that your payment will not reach me by mail before the 20th, then um, you absolutely can pay through PayPal or through Venmo, and there's no fees whatsoever to you to do that. Um, so you're welcome to do it that way. So reach out to me if you have more questions. You can send me an email, jessica at jessicatai.com, or you can go directly to the information website, which is www.branchhillcabin.com forward slash keto cabin. And that'll take you directly to the page, or you can go to jessicatai.com, and there's a link at the bottom of the page. You can click on that link, and it will take you directly to the registration page. Gives you a bunch of information. Um, and the schedule is a tentative schedule, but I can tell you that it will be changing. Um, it's going to get a lot better than what you actually see, because the special guests that we have that will be joining us are going to be doing a couple of speaking um times. They will also be doing some demos and things like that. And we do not have that on the schedule yet because it's a surprise. So um, so that schedule will change slightly, but it's going to be awesome. Um, you're going to go home with some awesome swag bags full of some amazing keto merchandise. Trust me when I tell you it is going to be amazing. It's going to be Christmas to yourself. So if you've got loved ones trying to figure out what to get you for Christmas, this is it, guys. Um, maybe you've got an awesome husband that wants to buy you um, a ticket, or better yet, he wants the two of you to come together and learn. Would be awesome. Men are welcome at the event. Men just can't spend the night in the cabin. Um, we want to keep that just women only, so um, just so everybody feels comfortable. But men are welcome to um, join the event during the day, and so you can um, always stay off site and do it that way. That would be fantastic. No better start to your new year, guys. I promise you. It's going to be amazing. Great keto information, but beyond that, it's just going to be amazing lifestyle, health and nutrition um, and wellness information. I mean, you're just going to learn so much to get your new year started off right. So don't delay. Get signed up if you would like to. You've got less than two days to get in on the early, early bird special of $150 off. There will not be um, that will not be offered again after the 20th. Okay, so that's all I have to say about that topic. Okay, so now let's get on to the rest of the podcast and introducing my great guest today. So Tom Naughton is who I have on the show today, and I am super honored and excited to have him on, and I am excited to share him with you guys. So if you do not know who he is, then you're in for a treat. Uh, Tom is awesome. I met him in person for the first time this past year on the Low Carb Cruise, where um you know, he was on there as well and um, debuted the movie that we are going to be talking about on here, the film um, Fathead Kids, which is awesome and, and highly recommend this for any parents out there. Um, if you can get your kids to sit down with you and watch this film, and it's not just for kids. You will learn a lot as a person. Nutrition and chemistry, you know, our body's physiology and, and biology and, and the chemistry and the chemical reactions that happen in our body um, that make up our metabolism and, and the way that our cells are made and the way that food and nutrition affects all of that is so well explained in this film that 
you know, I highly recommend it to not just kids, but to families to sit down and watch, adults to watch. Um, but Tom is originally, his original film was Fathead, which you may or may not have heard of. Um, and you, I definitely recommend that you watch that film as well. You can watch it first, you can watch it second, whatever. It's um, very different than Fathead Kids, but um, but much the same at the same time. Um, he actually discovered a lot of this on his own through the making of that film. So it's very interesting. And I highly recommend that you watch the director's cut of Fathead. If you go back to watch that, make sure you rent or by the director's cut because it has a whole I don't even know how long it's like another half hour 45 minutes or more at the end of the film that is on the director's cut and it's like a follow-up to the original film and it's really fascinating all of the things that Tom learns through making this movie about his health and and the changes that are made so um so I want to introduce Tom to you guys and and get started on this podcast. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. So Tom Naughton began his professional life as a writer and an editor for Family Safety and Health magazine. In the many years since, he's worked as a freelance writer, a touring stand-up comedian, and a software programmer. Fathead, his humorous documentary about the lousy health advice handed down from the official sources, has been seen on Netflix, Hulu, and Hulu and Amazon Prime, as well as on television networks in several countries. His speeches and other health-related videos have been viewed by millions of people online. Tom now lives on a small hobby farm with one wife, two daughters, two dogs, one cat, and dozens of chickens. So without further ado, let's introduce Tom Naughton. All right. Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. Tom, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. I'm super excited to introduce you to my listeners, anyone who, for whatever reason, hasn't heard of you yet. Um, but can you just tell us a little bit before we get started, just a little bit about you and, and who Tom Naughton is? Well, goodness, that's a deep subject. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see, I'm 60 years old. Should I go back to five years old, years old? Okay, we'll just start with I used to be a stand-up comedian, and then when I decided I needed to get off the road because I had kids, I started looking around for other places to put my creative energy, and uh, the, the Reader's Digest version of that is I ended up making a documentary called Fathead, which is why I think people in the low-carb, keto, paleo community are kind of aware of me now. Mm hmm. So it was during I mean, that's how I heard about you, actually. Well, through Jimmy Moore and then, um, of course, the Fathead film and then meeting you on the low carb cruise this past May, um, right. which was awesome. But um, one of the I guess the interesting thing that I thought about your story that was was really cool is during the making of Fathead is kind of when you came to the realization that this whole low carb thing might have something going for it. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, For people who haven't seen it, Fathead began as kind of a reply to Super Size Me, which was an entertaining but ultimately ridiculous film. And when I saw it, I decided I was going to shoot my own reply, including going on my own fast food diet. But I wanted to know, well, what are the health effects going to be? And I, I had heard kind of here and there, saturated fats, not the uh, devil that it was cracked up to be. But I started doing serious research into it for the first time. And the more research I did, the more I uh, kept saying, well, we've been lied to. We've been told saturated fat's going to kill you. Cholesterol's going to kill you. 
they've uh, they've fingered the wrong culprit here. It's the refined carbohydrates that are doing the damage. And so fathead ultimately became more and more about why our dietary guidelines are just screwed up and not based on science. So it was very eye opening to me. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I guess when you're kind of confronted with that kind of truth, it's hard to, you know, go, you can't unknow something, right? <laughs> so absolutely. That's a good way of putting it. You can't unknow it. But uh, I'm glad I did make fathead because boy, life is so much better now than it would have been if I didn't know this stuff. And of course, I've changed my diet a lot over the years. And uh, I feel great because of it. Yeah, so now Fathead, you made that film 2000, was it 9, 2010? It came out in 2009. I pretty much finished making it uh, halfway through 2008. Okay, so yeah, so that was uh, quite a few years ago. So have you pretty much been on the low-carb train since then? Have you been keto since then? I mean, kind of what's your journey been since Fathead and, and your discovery of uh, nutritional guideline? So I've experimented quite a bit. Um, it's always been one form or another of a, a lower carb diet. I don't necessarily go down to zero. Mm -hmm. I, I've done that as an experiment and found that I, I do pretty well with lowish carb, maybe 50 to 100 grams a day, usually closer to 50. Mm -hmm. uh, I tried going absolutely keto and I just have one of those weird bodies where in order to get to the magic 1.0 on the keto meter, I have to cut my protein down to about 50 grams a day. I'm a 200 pound male. That is nowhere near enough protein for me. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, you know what? I, I need to go up on the protein. I'm sure I'm going to drift in and out of ketosis, but I'm not going to worry about what the meter says. So the diet for me now is it's high in protein, uh, 100 to 150 grams a day, usually closer to 150. I keep the carbs pretty low. I'm very careful about getting uh, my fats from good sources of fat and meats, green vegetables, eggs. And, you know, other than that, I don't particularly care what this or that meter says. Uh, I'm more concerned with am I healthy? Do I feel good? Am I keeping my strength up? Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I find this absolutely works for me. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think there's a, a lot of a lot of the tracking and measuring and metering going on out there. And maybe there's, you know, there's a place for some of that stuff. But I really, really like just the eating to what suits you, what suits your body, you learn what works for you and just going with that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, if I had a very specific problem that I had to deal with, you know, if I were type two diabetic and I really needed to keep my blood sugar below a certain level, then I might be measuring more. Mm -hmm. But I've used the the, the uh, glucometer enough to determine which foods raise my blood sugar and which foods don't. And then once I kind of had it dialed in for me, really, it's now more about eating and not so much about measuring. Yeah. I think that's a great way to be. So the Fathead film, okay, so that comes out in two thousand or that came out in two thousand nine. You went down that road and you you alluded to the fact that you wish, you know, not maybe well, you do say this, but maybe not that this isn't what you just said, but alluding to the fact that you had tried many different things over the years and this, you know, learning what you learned through making Fathead was great. I mean, you're glad that you learned that and you were able to move forward with this, you know, new great diet and lifestyle. So fast forward to today and you have just recently released the 
kids version of Fathead um, based on your book. So can you tell us a little bit about that film and kind of what um, what prompted you to, to get out there and make another film and, uh, and make it a kid's version? Really what prompted it was the reaction to Fathead that I got from a lot of parents. Um, we were very, we being my wife and I were very surprised by the number of emails we received over the years from parents thanking us for making Fathead because it was fun and entertaining and because of that their kids watched it and it changed their kids' attitude about food. That was part of it. The other big part of the motivation for making Fathead Kids was the number of people who emailed me and said uh, something that I've thought many, many times myself was, it's great now as an adult, I finally got it together, I feel healthy, I finally lost weight, but man, I wish I'd known this stuff when I was a kid because my whole life would have been different. I can't tell you how many times I've thought that. Once I figured this out, I look back at when I was getting fat, developing the boy boobs and feeling tired and weak and ashamed of my body at age 13 and thought, oh my God, if somebody had explained this to me when I was 10 years old, I would have saved a lot of frustration. So my wife and I kind of kicked it around and said, let's make our next project specifically targeted for adolescents, for kids. Mm -hmm. So we wrote the book Fathead Kids, uh, which is very heavily illustrated. My wife drew more than 200 cartoons for it. And then and we tried to explain how the body works in a fun and simple and entertaining way. And then as soon as we were done with the book, we turned around and took her drawings and she did many more drawings and turned it into an animated film. Hmm. And we just watched that film with our family this past week. And it's excellent, by the way. Thank you. Uh, you do a really, really good job. Of, and your wife, through her drawings, her illustrations, you guys do a really good job of breaking down what happens in the body and how nutrition affects the body and so that kids can understand it. I love the analogies you use with the Nautilus spaceship and all of that. So can you tell us a little bit about how you came up with all that stuff and kind of what led you to that? Sure. So I was determined that I was going to explain this in a way that was easy to grasp. And some of these subjects can be very complicated, especially when you start trying to explain how calories do and do not fit into it. Mm -hmm. So when I was working on early drafts of the book, I kept coming up with analogies that worked individually, but not as a group. In other words, I was explaining how you have this thing in metabolism that determines how many calories you burn. So I was, I was coming up with analogies like a house where you leave the windows open or you turn the heat up or you decide you will or will not do repairs on the house and how that requires energy. Okay, that works for that. Then I was trying to explain the fuel system and I had a car with different fuel tanks, one for sugar, one for fat. And I looked at each individual chapter and I thought, okay, this chapter works, but as a group, the whole thing together, it's kind of like I'm jumping from one analogy to another. So I, I did the smart thing, something every husband should do once in a while. Have a long <laughs> discussion with your wife. <laughs> Amen, Tom. <laughs> she, she might just uh, surprise you with her intelligence <laughs> and insight. So she said, you know, you kind of need something that's the house and the vehicle and something all at once, something like you know, a Winnebago or something that travels and then it hit us, spaceship. Mm. A spaceship is a vehicle. It is programmed. It does run on systems. It does have a crew. 
And as soon as I don't even remember which of us said it first, as soon as we said spaceship, it just all came together. So I went back and rewrote the entire book again. <laughs> and uh, but once we once we came across the spaceship analogy, it, it all flowed. It all made sense. For people who are not familiar with it, we explained that the body is a biological starship called the Nautilus. It responds to signals from food. Those signals kick off the ship's programs, which do what they were programmed to do. The crew, uh, we explain how the crew works, et cetera, et cetera. And the spaceship thing just, it, it made it all fall into place. So then as soon as we were done with the book, we, did, we turned right around and started working on the film. And by this time, of course, we had our analogy worked out. So she did many, many more drawings for the film and uh, we animated them. And I happened to be blessed with a family full of actors. Hmm. So we uh, got the voiceovers in there and turned it into a film. Yeah, I saw that at the uh, end of the film. I enjoyed that immensely. We were just watching through all of that to see who was doing all the voiceovers. And it was like, not and not and not and <laughs> I'm like, man, he got his whole family in on this. Except for Jimmy Moore. <laughs> That's right. He was the only non Naughton. <laughs> oh, yeah, and actually in the credits, we, we first made him as Jimmy Naughton and then scratched out Naughton. Yes. More. But yeah, he was the only voice in the whole thing that wasn't a family member. That's so funny. Well, that's great that you have so much talent in your family. Yeah, I was really lucky there because um, most of the voiceovers, other than my narration, were done by my two nephews, um, both of whom I've I've gone to see in, uh, in plays. And I, I already knew they were good actors and they have that nice little comic touch. So it was great to just be able to uh, to tap my own nephews to to do most most of the voiceover work. Yeah, and so you did, if I if I recall this correctly, you actually did the animation yourself, correct? You like taught yourself how to do this. I did. Um, my wife did all the drawing, which uh, it, of course is very involved when you're animating because you have to break each character up into little pieces parts that can move individually. Mm-hmm. And she's the one with the eye. She's the artist. But animating itself is actually very technical. Hmm. And I happen to be a computer programmer and jumping into the technology does not scare me. So we decided from a workflow standpoint, she could have learned to animate, but we decided because it's so technical, it would be more efficient if I did the actual hands-on animation. So we would sit down, we'd sketch out a scene, we'd do a little storyboard. Uh, I would get her input on we this should happen and then this should look like this, et cetera, et cetera. She would give me all the Adobe Illustrator files that I needed to animate. Then I would do a basic animation and then call her in because, again, she has a much better eye than I do for this type of thing. And she would say, make this happen a little faster, make this a little bigger, have this kind of blow up and then shrink, et cetera, et cetera. And then based on her notes, I would go in and take a second pass at the animation. Mm. So that sounds like a super involved process. And you, I mean, I, I'm just going to take a stab at this, but I'm assuming that this is not uh, this huge lucrative thing that's going to make you a millionaire. So you really are doing this because you're passionate about it. 
I am passionate about it. And if I, if it does make me a millionaire, <laughs> I will not complain. That would be fantastic. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Fathead didn't make me a millionaire, but uh, it opened a lot of doors for me and, mm-hmm. and uh, introduced me to a lot of people that I'm very grateful to know. Mm-hmm. And every time I get a letter, I just got another one this week from someone saying Fathead changed my life. Uh, I didn't really expect that when I made it. But since it's been released, I've gotten a lot of those. It's uh, it's hard not to feel humble and grateful when you get a letter like that. And I have kids myself. You understand because you have kids. Mm -hmm. We have got to get kids eating correctly from the beginning because it is so much easier to avoid damaging yourself than it is to try to undo the damage later. And when I see these kids going walking around and they're already overweight and my daughters have friends who have already had 10 cavities. Mm -hmm. Uh, My daughters have never had a cavity, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really important to me that we get this information out to kids. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and the part, um, where you're talking about, well, actually you talk about this in several parts about the man boobs, the boy boobs, Mm -hmm. um, in the video or in the film that, uh, really struck a chord with me because out of uh, my boys, one of them last year was dealing with that. And, um, you know, being a nutritionist, um, you know, I obviously that's something that's our family talks a lot about is nutrition. And, and they, you know, my, my kids know how I feel about nutrition and trying to, you know, make sure that they're eating right and what have you. But this um, particular son that this was affecting is a teenager. And, and as you probably are well aware, when kids are teenagers, they're going to do what they want to do. You cannot, right. you know, you can't manage them 24 seven. And he had started making some not so great Uh, nutrition choices and started developing this and got to the point that he finally broke down and came to me and said, mom, this is happening to me. I don't know what to do. Can I, you know, can you help me fix this? So I love that you address that in the film um, and that he was able to watch that in the film and he's, you know, elbowing me like, yeah, mom, that's what you told me. (laughs) And he was able to um, get rid of those boy boobs, those man boobs, and, um, and, you know, feels good about himself again, and, and sees the impact that eating these sugars and these highly processed foods and grains and whatnot can do to your body. So um, I know you said that you wish that you had known this as a kid. So that one that just that one part of it, you know, has affected our family. And I think that is really awesome that you address that in the film and are because that is really something that kids especially teenage boys they are affected by that and it's devastating it is and when i was a kid i was certainly embarrassed about having the belly but Mm -hmm. i'll tell you what having the boy boobs that was the most embarrassing part of the changes that i went through at that age that was the thing i i don't know if they still do this but when i was a kid in gym class in order to split up teams, you would do shirts and skins. Half the guys on one team would take off their shirts. I used to just pray that I was not on that team because as soon as I took my shirt off, the only thing I could think, I couldn't think about the game. The only thing I could think about was, I have boy boobs. This is embarrassing as all get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know some kids, you can explain everything there is to explain about diet and health. And there are some kids who are just going to want to make the bad choice. Okay, we can't help them. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you, at age 13, if someone had explained this to me in a way that I could understand, say, look, 
You don't have to have the belly. You don't have to have the boy boobs. If you make these dietary changes, those are going to go away. I guarantee you I would have made those dietary changes. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the my particular son that that happened to, um, he was about 14 when that started happening. And he is um, kind of uh, very hard-headed. He's kind of my more stubborn um, kiddo. And he, once I explained to him what he needed to do, and he started doing it and saw changes start to happen. I mean, he saw them start getting smaller and going away. Mm -hmm. That That's all it took. I mean, he he was like, that's it. Um, and then he is stuck for the most part every now and then he'll kind of get himself a little bit out of the lane again. And he'll, he'll come to me and be like, mom, I've got to get back on staying away from sugar. He's like, I kind of started, <laughs> you know, get, indulging in sugar again. And he, he knows what'll happen if he does that, or he is afraid of what'll happen. And, you know, and I've tried to explain to him, that's just what you see happening on the outside, which I love that you explain so well for kids in this film that those are the things that you're seeing, but you show here's what's actually going on inside the starship. Right. Here's how you're damaging the ship. Yes. And, uh, I, I think that's hugely important. And again, that's the type of thing if someone had explained it to me when I was 13, I promise you I, I would have uh, changed what I was eating. And one thing that we try to emphasize, in fact, it's a uh, it's a chapter title in both the book and the film is it's perfectly good to be good instead of perfect. Mm -hmm. So one thing we don't want, one message we don't want to put across to kids is that your diet has to be perfect all the time or you're going to get sick and fat. You know, like this time of year, it's the holidays. I'm going to loosen up a little. I don't go crazy during the holidays. Right. But. You know, when I was a kid, uh, like I said, I'm 60. When I was a kid, we would have maybe one or two fat kids in class. We weren't all on perfect diets, we, but we weren't on the kind of junk diets that, that kids are on now. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be good. So, you know, it's okay to have a treat now and then. It's okay. You go to a birthday party if you want the ice cream and cake. Okay, not a problem. That's what we tell our girls. But what I really want to convince kids is you need to be on a good diet most of the time. Yes, I think that's super important. And I love your approach to that, Tom, because I think that's, that is, um, I mean, I just think that's perfect. Number one, it's perfect for kids because they're not going to be able to be perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they're just not. And secondly, I think it's great to setting them up for a lifetime of not having, you know, eating disorders and issues surrounding food. And just, it's just food, like just be good most of the time, do your best. And if you want to indulge every now and then, do it. Don't beat yourself up. Don't freak out. Don't, you know, you're not going to die. You're not, you're not damaging the ship beyond repair. Just stay good most of the time. Right. I mean, when Thanksgiving was, what, three weeks ago or whatever? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? I had a slice of pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. It didn't kill me. The way I handle those things is this is a special occasion. I'm, I'm very careful that the special occasion doesn't, you know, end up being a week long. But special occasion, sure, I'll have that pumpkin pie. And like you say, get back in your lane the next day, you're going to be fine. We don't want to make this so difficult that people just say, oh, to heck with it. I'm, I'm fond of the saying that uh, perfect is the enemy of good. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to convince kids to be on a good diet most of the time. Yes, I, I agree. And I, I also really like how you talk about the way it affects the brain and what the brain needs for fuel and how we fuel our brains. 
So I think that is, you know, that's, uh, for, you know, kind of front of mind right now for me because this week my kids, um, my high school kids have uh, exams. This is exam week. So they're going in and, you know, they've been studying and then they, you know, they get up and I'm making them their, you know, bacon and eggs breakfast and sending them off to school. And they're very aware of how the food that they eat and how they're fueling their body is affecting their brain. So I love that you're really um, kind of helping kids to understand that and that they need the right fuel for their brain. Yeah, and I think that's hugely important because there are those kids who are very resistant to gaining weight. And it's very easy if you look in the mirror and you say, I'm, I'm lean, I'm trim, I have decent muscles. Well, I can eat anything I want. Well, are you happy? Are you able to focus? And we've seen that with our, with our own kids. We, some years ago, we moved from uh, California to Tennessee, where we live now. We keep our girls on a pretty good diet, and they're generally in a pretty good mood. And they had been sitting in the car for hours a day while we're making this drive and we stopped somewhere. Can we please have, and I don't remember what it was, some sugary treat. And so we made the mistake of saying, well, gee, they've been so good. We let them have the sugary treat. And 45 minutes later, they were screaming at each other in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of kids don't realize kids who are unhappy or lethargic or they're feel angsty or depressed. I don't think they quite realize how much food has to do with this. And one thing that inspired me to, I would have done it anyway, but one thing that inspired me to make sure that that was a chapter in the book, one of the nicest letters I ever got about Fathead was from a woman who told me she and her husband saw Fathead, they changed their diets because they wanted to lose weight, which they did, but she said, that's not why I'm writing you. I'm writing you to tell tell you about my son He was doing poorly in school, he had rage issues, and they switched the diet to lose weight. And she said, he is now doing great in school and he's become a calm, happy kid, and I can't thank you for that enough. And I think that is hugely important. You wanna feel happy and focused in life. And that can come down to the difference between a good diet or a bad diet. Absolutely. And I definitely had a bad diet growing up as a kid, for sure. Um, I was a, you know, product of the 70s and 80s. And we were uh, definitely on the, you know, convenience food train of just Mm -hmm. everything comes in a box, you open it up, heat it up and eat. And uh, so, you know, um, just had a terrible diet as a kid, lots of sugar, lots of refined grains, all that type of thing. And um, yeah, I mean, I definitely suffered from, you know, multiple, I'm sure, multiple issues related to mood and and attitude and, and energy and all of that due to the food. But I didn't know any better. You know, my parents didn't know better. We just didn't, you know, it just wasn't something that was talked about or, you know, anybody really thought about then. I mean, it was just, it was what it was. And, well, and my parents will, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. My parents uh, remember that when I was a kid, I was known for having an explosive temper. Mm. Nobody thinks that about me anymore. And it's it's uh, amazing how when you get your diet straightened around, suddenly people and the world in general all seem to become far less annoying. So it was either the diet or the entire world changed. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was it was the diet. You just find it doesn't mean bad things don't happen to you or 
things that you wish didn't happen don't happen, but boy, you're able to handle it so much better. Man, I so agree with that. You just, things roll off your back easier. You just don't get, you don't get your underwear in a bunch over everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you just can take things in stride a little bit better. Um, that is definitely, I've been keto um, about two years now. And the, as far as mood, energy, attitude, all of that goes, it's been the most fabulous two years of my life. <laughs> Yeah, I feel the same way. And like I said, I just turned 60 last month. And as far as energy, enthusiasm, zest for life, the the uh, the willingness to go out. We live on six acres now. We have this little mini farm. The willingness to go outside and get in, get dirty and do some work. It's, you know, I feel at 60 now like I, I wish I'd felt when I was, was 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, which, again, is why the subtitle of the book is stuff I wish I knew about diet and health when I was your age, Mm -hmm. because I thought of all the times when I was younger and I considered myself, eh, I'm not a real enthusiastic person. Physically, I'm kind of lazy, this and that. And I realized this all came down to diet. It's not like I inherited these these traits. I was just messing up the fuel system with a bad diet. Yes, absolutely. And I think that this film is such a great tool for parents because I'm sure you've seen this as well. Um, as parents, we can say something to our kids till we're blue in the face and mm-hmm. they won't necessarily listen to us, but they can hear the exact same message from a different source and everything clicks and they go, okay, I'm going to do this now. And you're like, I've been telling you that for months. <laughs> well, that was exactly the comment we got from parents. Um, about fathead. Thank you for making this because I've been trying to explain this to my kids. And now that they saw it in a documentary, they believe me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that so that is such a great tool um, for parents out there. So parents, if you're listening to this interview and you're kind of curious and wondering about the film, I just really do encourage you to get out there and rent it um, or buy it. Um, we watched it on Amazon. Um, are there other places that it's available, Tom? It's uh, currently on Amazon Prime. Uh, Of course, the DVD or Blu-ray is available on Amazon. It is on most of the major cable stations now as a, um, uh, what do they call it, video on demand. Okay. It's on iTunes to rent or buy video on demand. So, yeah, if if you go out and look for it, you, you will find it. That's great. And as parents, um, we, my husband and I, are not opposed to bribing our children to watch things we want them to watch. <laughs> so uh, if you have kids out there that like, or anything like some of mine, that every time I tell them I want them to watch something, you know, we get the big eye roll and the sigh, like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> you make but, them like a big plate of bacon? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, <laughs> or tell them that I will actually what my husband said to my 17 year old son um, to get him to sit down and watch it with us because he's usually the one that's like he knows it all he's got it all figured out doesn't right. need any more instruction from us <laughs> but he right. told him he said hey if you just sit down and watch this with you I'll buy you lunch or dinner tomorrow just uh, you know because he always wants to go out with his friends and get stuff so he's like I'll give you money to go out to lunch or dinner so uh, that's all it took he sat down and watched it <laughs> very good because I, 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 I hope it made an impact. I think it did. And and you can't, you know, you can't really get a lot of uh, feedback sometimes from these, from uh, teenagers especially. But um, I think it's really important for parents to not look fat, look past the fact that um, 
you may not see an immediate change in your kids. Like you may not rent this film or buy this film and sit down and watch it with them. And they may not finish it and be jumping up and down like, thanks mom and dad. Now I get it. Now I'm going to be great. It, that may not happen, but you are planting the seeds and watching something like this, planting those seeds, you just continue to water those. And you don't know when that's going to happen. You don't know when the growth is going to start. You don't know when they're going to make these changes. But if you can just plant the seeds. Well, it gets back to what you said earlier. You can't unknow something. Yes. And once people know this, uh, I'm sure you have this experience. So you're at the office or whatever, and someone's, it, there's always a special occasion at the office <laughs> and someone's bringing in a cake or donuts or whatever. And I always just say, no, thanks. And people, oh, you're so disciplined. And I'm thinking, no, it really does not take a lot of discipline to turn down something that you know is going to make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. And it's going to sap your energy and not be good for your health. When I didn't know that, I would just eat that stuff and didn't necessarily make the connection. But I look at a piece of cake now and it is not even tempting. Yes, I totally agree. And to the one, um, one of my boys that I was talking about before, uh, the teenager that had had some issues with the boy boobs, um, he's one. And my other one, uh, my younger, his younger brother, both um, really don't have a hard time at all turning that stuff down anymore. Um, and I think it's exactly what you said. They, they know, they understand how they feel when they eat it now. I mean, once you move away from that stuff for a long enough period of time and you start to realize what feeling good feels like, Mm-hmm. you don't want to feel like that again. And kids are not dumb. I mean, they're, they're, they might be young, <laughs> but they experience that too. I mean, they stop eating those things and then they realize that, oh my gosh, I do think clearer. I, I do. I am happier. I do have more energy. You know, all these physical changes happen. So when they move away from that stuff, I mean, my kids are tempted all the time. And especially my 12-year-old, I never ever direct him on what to eat or anything. He is the most intuitive 12 year old I've ever seen in my life with eating. And he just is super, you know, sometimes he'll say yes to something, but most of the time he says no. And, and I really, it's not that he is, like you said, he's not got some iron will or anything. He just knows how he feels and he just is not interested. Well, and I kind of had a similar experience with my older daughter and she's a little more self-regulating than the younger daughter. But because we've, because I've uh, put in the book and the film about the effects of wheat and because I've read Wheat Belly, which I thought was fantastic, Mm -hmm. I was very aware that, you know, wheat can trigger these issues. Well, my older daughter noticed that when she eats wheat, she gets these kind of red, bumpy, itchy spots on her arm for a little while. Mm -hmm. Now, if we didn't know what we know now, it just would have been a thing that comes up once in a while. But she she made the connection. She's like, you know what? When I give in and I eat wheat, I get these spots. And I'm saying, well, okay, that's what's on the surface. If you're getting that on the surface, you know there's uh, stuff not so good going on inside. We really don't have to tell her to skip the wheat. Mm-hmm. Now she just she knows what it's going to do, and she just most of the time just chooses not to do that to herself. Yes, and I I love that part of the film too, Tom, where you talk about how um, gliadin damages the mm-hmm. uh, the you know the intestinal openings and how this you know how it makes it larger and these larger particles can get through and you kind of show the immune response to that. 
Um, I love that part of the film for my family specifically and my older teenage son that we bribed to watch it because that is an issue that he has. Um, and, and I have, ex, you know, tried for years to explain to him, um, you know, how, why that is an issue and, and how every time he's, it's a constant assault on him, on his body. Like he's constantly assaulting himself when he's, you know, indulging in these, this wheat and, and anything that contains wheat. And, you know, he'll do good for a while and then he'll just kind of fall back into doing that. But he sees, uh, you know, he sees the repercussions of that. But I think it was really great. I loved watching him watch that part of it because it wasn't me saying it, number one. And it was, you know, someone else saying, you know, this is exactly what happens. And here's, here is how it happens. This is a very easy way to understand what is going on in your body when you eat this. Well, and that's, of course, what we tried to do throughout um, when we would do this storyboarding that we did for the film. And, and we did some storyboarding type exercises for the book, even though it wasn't animated. How are we going to put this across? And once we came up with the whole spaceship analogy, like I said, everything became easy from there. And just showing that the gliadin poking through into the into the bloodstream and damaging the ship and all that, mm -hmm. I think it it makes it so clear for people in a way that they can grasp. And one of the nice compliments I've gotten on on the book was from adults who had ordered it and said, "Well, I know you wrote this for younger readers, but thank God you explained it in such an easy to to understand way because I finally get it now." Yes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. We we have the Fathead Kids book, and I bought that for my kids quite a while back. And I, when did you come out with that book? That was uh, 2017. Okay. Um, and that, you know, I kind of felt the same way about that book. Like, this is such a great, like, I know a lot of adults, myself included, that should have had this a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, it just makes it really a whole lot easier to understand because this, you know, nutrition is very complicated. Our bodies are very complicated, um, which is another issue with calories in, calories out that you do such right. a great job of explaining that this is does not make any sense. It, our bodies don't work like a bank account. They right. don't, you know, this is that is absurd to think that it's that simple. Yeah, and that's the chapter in the book that I rewrote the greatest number of times because it's so hard to put it across in a way that people understand. It's not a bank account. Yes, the calories matter, but it doesn't come down to simple math. It's not a bank account. Your body has very strong opinions about what it's going to do with the food you take in. Is it going to convert it to muscle? Is it going to convert it to fat? Is it going to ramp up your metabolism and burn it for energy? And I, I kept rewriting and rewriting until I felt that I had gotten that to as simple and as accessible as it could get. Because I'm sure you have these arguments with people. You, oh, no, it's all about calories. It's all about calories. And you're trying to explain. So how come when I change the composition of what I eat, not how many calories I consume, mm -hmm. I changed the composition of what I eat and suddenly weight that would not come off came off? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's very important for people to under anybody who's struggling with weight to understand that. Otherwise, you're just going to frustrate yourself. It's why I see the same people at the gym every January. And by March, they're gone. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get on a treadmill and run off that fat, which isn't going to work if they don't change their diet. Mm -hmm. And every January, the gym is swamped for about three months. And then people get frustrated and they give up. They don't need to be frustrated. They just need to have the correct knowledge. 
Yes, I agree. And, and not just the correct knowledge, but they have to believe it. Right. Um, you know, that's that I feel like that's the struggle. Um, really maybe the greater struggle is now the knowledge is getting out there. I feel like there's enough people talking about it. There's enough, um, you know, like you've got this, these two films now that you have out. There's other people that are putting out great films. The information is out there, but I feel like so many times, uh, people will see it or read it and then they just, it's, they're just so indoctrinated with, with the wrong information. It's so hard to make that paradigm shift and, and change their beliefs. It is, but I think every time we come out with a new book, a new film, we push people a little closer to that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, I saw The Magic Pill recently, uh, and uh, I thought it was a wonderful film. Pete Evans did a great job on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benny Tortorich is coming out with his film, Fat. I mean, every time I mm-hmm. see these coming out, I'm thinking this is, they may reach people that I didn't and vice versa. Yes. Uh, I, I just feel like the information keeps getting out there, and I, I really hope we get to that tipping point where more people believe this than don't, because we, we cannot afford as a country to uh, to be taking care of an o, obese diabetic population. Yeah, it's it's um, it's actually quite scary and depressing when you really look at the at the state of our country's health and where mm-hmm. we're headed if things don't change. Well, one thing I brought up, I, I recently gave a speech to the Weston A. Price Foundation at their annual conference, and one of the headlines that I put in my presentation was that baby boomers are fatter and sicker than their parents were at the same age. Mm-hmm. We just can't have that. Mm-mm. No, we can't. And one uh, one other thing that I want to make sure I touch on and just tell you how great I thought it was in the film um, because it was probably, well, two things were probably my two favorite things about the film. One was I love how you talk about, um, or you, how you're letting kids know that, um, number one, you talk about your message of it's uh, perfectly good to be good. You know, you don't have to be perfect, which I love that. But I also love how you're helping them to understand that the kids that are having a hard time in school and that are overweight or obese and are being made fun of and are told that they're fat and they're lazy and they've, you know, that they've got a problem with themselves, it's a character issue, that that is not the case. And I think that's an awesome message that you've put out there. And, and so not only the kids that are watching it that maybe are those kids that are being told that, but the kids that are telling other kids that they're maybe looking at it through a different lens now. I hope so, because, uh, you know, I went to school with guys who were lean and fit and fast and their diets were junk. Mm-hmm. They, it, they, they did not look the way they looked because they had superior discipline. What they had was a body that was more resistant to the negative effects of the bad diet. And, you know, I've gone to, I don't go to many, but I've gone to um, maybe three or four of my high school reunions. And and I take no pleasure in in this, but some of those guys who were the big lean jocks, some Mm -hmm. of them have gotten huge Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the effects of the diet finally caught up to them. Um, They did not have superior character when they were young. 
they just were having different chemical effects from the diet. And I, the chapter you're referring to is, is called something like uh, getting fat is not about character, it's about chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I want kids to understand this is the result of a chemical reaction. And if you're the kid who gets fat on the same diet that your best friend can be on and stay lean, it does not mean you're weak, it does not mean you're stupid. You just have to understand these are chemical effects and we we change the way your ship looks and performs by changing the chemical messages that you send. And I went through that shame period and what's wrong with me and blah, blah, blah. And if I just work harder and I think it's really important for people to understand this is not your fault. If you're trying to eat what you've been told is a good diet and you're gaining weight Mm -hmm. and you don't feel good. This is not your fault. Yes, I love that. And another kind of brings me to my second favorite thing about the film is that you really focus a great deal on the nutrient content of the food and Mm -hmm. how when you're not getting the proper nutrients, your body is continually telling you to eat more. And so it's this vicious cycle of putting the wrong food in not a you know you're not getting the nutrients you need and your body continually telling you you're hungry even though you're continually eating right we uh you know we have our ship engineer there marty metabolism who strangely has a scottish accent (laughs) and marty knows the ship needs certain materials in order to function and if you're eating a lot of food and you're not giving him the materials he needs He's going to keep hitting that hunger button in the hopes that you eventually stumble across some actual nutrients. So I'm sure you've noticed you said you've been keto for for two years. Mm-hmm. Don't you find it takes far less food to satisfy you? And you didn't become more disciplined. No, nope. you're just experiencing <laughs> the chemical effects of giving your body what it's supposed to have. Yes. Absolutely. And I see that with clients over and over again. As a matter of fact, I have a new client that started here just a couple of weeks ago, and she had just sent me an email a day or two ago, and that is, she says that exact thing, is that she is just floored by how she was worried that she was going to be um, eating too much fat, and there was going to be you know too much food, and she was just the mindset around dieting and 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 all of that, and uh, and then me telling her what I would like her to tr- to try to do, and she was just like, I am I'm shocked at how much less food I actually am even hungry for. It's just I just want this nutrient dense food. I eat it, I feel good, I'm satiated for hours, and she's like, this is so freeing. Right, and that's that's the way we were designed and I think the the good news here is we've all been through those diets that were not the correct diets the weight watchers diet and blah 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 way too high in carbs you're not eating the right fats you're not really getting the nutrients you need and even if you manage to stick with it for a couple of months and you know lose maybe four or five pounds it's misery the whole time mm-hmm. and so when you say to most people or when most people think to themselves, okay, it's January, I need to go on a diet, I'm gonna lose weight. Yeah, they wanna do it, but at the same time, they're dreading what they know is going to be the misery of being hungry all the time. When you find out that you can just eat real food, nutrient-dense food, and by the way, you're going to lose weight and not be hungry and in fact feel good, it's such a joy to realize it can be that way. Yes, it is. 
it's amazing and it's shocking. And it's so it's one of those things where when people, you know, look at you like when you're passing up the treats at work and or at the office, wherever you're at, and, and you're just like, no, that's okay, no thanks. People look at you and think, man, you just have this iron will. You're like, no, I'm just filled up with nutrients. I'm, mm. I'm, I don't need it. I'm good. <laughs> like people just that, that shift in your brain is amazing. And, uh, and it's something that everybody can have. It's not unique to me or to you or anybody that starts giving their body the proper building blocks are going to feel that way. Absolutely. So I uh, want to wrap up here, Tom, and I just want to just, again, thank you for making this film. I think this is just such an amazing tool for parents out there, um, and really not just parents. I mean, I think that we could give this to um, our doctors, our, um, you know, our, our workout coaches. Our, there's so many people that could use this film um, to kind of help just get us uh, under the right understanding of what nutrition does for us. But can you let everybody know like where else they can find out more information about you and Fathead and, and Fathead for Kids and all of that great stuff? Sure. I'll, I'll make it easy. The, the quick way to find out about both the book and the film is to just go to www.fatheadkidsmovie.com. And there are pages there for both book and the film and a trailer for the film and where to buy and et cetera, et cetera. And then the easy way just to keep up with me and the other stuff I write about, um, I still keep my blog pretty active, is fathead-movie.com. All right. That's awesome. You are um, just awesome. I'm so just grateful that you're putting this stuff out there. So keep up the good work, Tom. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 